I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Rock. Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is, I'm putting Patrick's editing abilities to the test. Tuesday, July 14th. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, Folks, we go away for one weekend. And the game weeks get absolutely out of control. I thought we were coming up on halfway through the project restart, and turns out there's three games left. Patrick, my brain's in a pretzel. Uh, it. Well, I, I don't know if that's a resulting, uh, resulting after today's game with uh, with Manchester United, but yeah, it's getting Just went straight for it. It's getting huh? pretty spicy. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 what's on what's on the people's mind. It's surely. what's for dinner. Right. Beef that you and I have. Yeah, we're in full swing of things. Uh, but yeah, the, it's three match weeks left. A lot's we're been the, decided. A few things very important still yet to be decided. Yeah, we, we'll see how we, plays missed, out. we missed a whole lot before we last got on. And Patrick, why don't we do a little choose your own adventure? I feel like we could talk VAR. We could talk who wants to finish in the top four. Our very own original segment that's back in a big way. We could talk North London Derby and a little Mourinho segment I've got cooking for you. Um, or we can go to the books and read some stats. Where, where do you want to start? I want to start with some stats. Why don't you hit me with some knowledge? Let's, let's really? get the, the, the things right out the objective. gates. I want objective truths for our listeners to start. Mm. So if they want to just kind of split it between objective facts and then us they'll have a nice clean break okay so if prem del prem was a was a cone of content it would it would start with the facts and by the end you're talking about why the invincibles are the best team of all time that's, that's why we close with degenerate district it's mm. a nice crescendo mm-hmm. by definition it's never factual that's true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. keep that in mind for later all right, and uh, folks, I will say there's going to be a little ASMR on today's podcast. I am slurping down some delicious ramen. It's tasty. I'm doubling up dinner and pot. Maybe we'll get it's them just, on as a sponsor. It's a disaster for post, but g- give me some stats. <laughs> All right, this segment's called We Got a Nerd Over Here slash Stat Attack. Uh, Patrick, we talked about a few things back when Project Restart uh, began. You know, would smaller teams struggle without the home field advantage? Our game's getting progressively boring. And let me tell you, I plagiarized a very solid article from The Athletic, and I have some knowledge to drop on you. So why don't, why don't we start here? Okay, so we've been saying that smaller home teams have been losing their edge without fans. And the fact of the matter is, the longer term... Okay, so the long-term trend in the Premier League of this decade is that teams win at home 46% of the time. And since Project Restart, our smaller sample size, home teams have won 46% of the time. Do you know how many times they've lost? Uh, no. 
Mm. No, I don't. I don't know the breakdown between draws and losses. Interesting. But I think what you can take from that is maybe we're overanalyzing how much those smaller mid-table teams value their home support. I mean, teams like Southampton, obviously, it's fresh in mind. But they love going out away and getting a result in Project Restart. So That is true. Yeah, they're one of the best away teams in the league, and I think one of the worst home teams in the league this season. They're a bit of an anomaly. Mm. Mm. Like Arsenal, if they also liked playing away from home. Well, no. It was just... I guess Arsenal... No, Arsenal's pretty good at home. Hmm. Hmm. All right, here's another one. Since the 2012-2013 season... 31% of games have been nil-nil after 45 minutes. Uh, Post-lockdown, there's a pretty distinct rise of halftime games, goalless, 37% of the time. Which doesn't seem like a lot off the bat, but I think what we've noticed throughout all these games is it takes a long time for teams to really get going. Um, And then maybe with those water breaks in the second half, that's when they really click into gear. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Put that put that one away. Drop it at parties. Here's the last one. Before the break, matches averaged 2.7 expected goals per game. And since the project restart, expected goals have dropped down 2.3. So I don't know if this... I mean, I think this was before the, the most recent match week where there was a deluge of goals. But, um... I think, you know, it just goes to show that maybe not in the in the most extreme ways, but it takes a while for players to readjust and get back to get back up to speed. And I think goals have been suffering for it. Yeah, they're also basically playing double the amount of matches as far as like a pace goes. You know, mm-hmm. playing the midweek and the weekend every week. You know, I'm, I'd be interested to know uh, if there was a trend if the goals. The expected goals or goals, and I, I don't know why we got to go by expected goals here, um, but if, if if the goals started higher and then trended lower, it's as time all went about on, expected or, goals. It was all about expected goals, James. Arsenal would be in much better position than they are. Um, <laughs> Do you know that for a fact? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how poor their position is. <laughs> expected Actually, goals no, is the thing about, you can you can cling on that. No, that's not true. No, because because they've. Burnt Leno's got like the highest expected goal save rate of anybody. Mm. Yeah, we'd be absolutely clobbered. Just I think what you're saying is I was you're just ex- thinking offensively. You personally are expecting goals, and that's your barometer. Every now and again, yeah, it, I expect goals every, and sometimes I don't even need them to be a shot on target. Like I just expect <laughs> a goal sometimes, it, and then if it doesn't happen, Jock has got the expect- ball at his feet and he's looking up. Yeah, I expect another the other one team in to that score. column. Yeah. <laughs> And so he does that 20 times a game. Arsenal's expected goals against 20, 20, minus 20. Uh, no. Uh, that's interesting. I would like to know if there's a trend. Maybe The Athletic can write a more thorough article to answer some of my follow-up questions next time. Well, okay. So my, my bone to pick here is uh, they're saying significant drops and um, significant changes. But to me, at first read, I don't think going from 2.7 expected goals per game to Project Restart 2.3 is, is that significant. But it does show a trend. That was a 17% uh, drop. So mm. that's decent. Mm. 
Interesting. All right, well. Yeah. Well, that was Prem de la Prem taking its crack at analytics. Stop by next week where we'll start off with more objective facts. But Patrick, let's move on. I want to talk yes. to you about VAR. And it, it, we won't sit here and talk about whether or not it's a success or how bad it is, because I think that's been discussed ad nauseum. Uh, I do think it was funny that I forget the other games around it. I think there was an, there was an Everton game uh, when United was playing Villa and the night where Bruno kind of earned that penalty um, in, in a fair way. You know, he earned it. It wasn't a dive. But uh, I, like how, I like how VAR doubled up with their apologies. They were working smarter, not harder. They just issued one statement that had three apologies in it because they fucked up three times in one night versus doing individual apologies. So I think they are at least, you know, getting ahead of the man hours. Yeah, they're they're an efficient operation uh, in, in terms of getting in and out and punching the clock. Uh, I can't say they've been doing too much right, but I think it just... It just highlights the inconsistencies in officiating. I think that VAR is an easy thing to blame, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, one thing is a is a penalty here versus it's a it's a dive there, and it you know it, it's the inconsistency is 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 quite laughable. And I think there's a reason the FA officials don't get invited to major competitions the same rate that mm-hmm. other leagues have their officials mm-hmm. invited. So it's it's yeah. it's frustrating it's frustrating it's it's hard to sit here and, and say you know as as a fan of any one team that you've been done over by it but uh, it certainly feels that way and, and i think a lot of people feel 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 that way i can't imagine there's there's people pleased with the the officiating full stop let alone let alone var but it's a it's right. a complete you've, joke you're pitting the subjectivity of the on-field ref with the subjectivity of the var ref and they kind of have at it. Obviously, the VAR ref having the ultimate say, um, but you're overanalyzing things that have just not been clearly defined. Or you've got things like the handball leading to a goal rule, which is clearly defined and just a bad rule, and people people rage out against it. Um, but here's For what sure. I want to ask you surrounding VAR. Last week, Tim Cahill, former player, Everton player, suggested. Uh, on match of the day that they should put a former player in the room in the VAR room because they have a better feel for the game and they understand what natural contact looks like what falls look like dives etc and just overall have a better feel for the game put a player in the room with VAR officials that no doubt that'll disrupt the uh, the conga line that's going on in Mike Dean's basement but this got pretty good reviews or upvotes on the BBC website, and I'm curious what your take is on that, first and foremost. Well, when something's in utter disarray, any any change is going to be, you know, voted voted highly on. Uh, I don't know that... I think it, it would be next, difficult... Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I, I just think it would be difficult to remove biasy from, 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 from former players. Uh, that, that one's one that I struggle a bit with, you know. Uh, would Tim K- like would would you give Tim Cahill a uh, a game that could impact uh, Everton or Liverpool? Probably not, you know. And then I don't know how you really balance that. I think it would be fun if you had. Mm-hmm. I watched like an hour long interview series with uh, uh, Vieira and Keane uh, a few months yeah. ago. And I think it'd be fun if you know United were playing Arsenal and it's just Vieira. Sit and them Keane on either and, side and the of the ref. Yeah, just be like, come he's on. He's just got a vice be, grip on the guy's arm. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You put in a club legend, maybe the club gets to nominate their person and they're in there advocating for what they think's right. So basically the VAR officials don't get to make that decision calmly. They get the same pressure as the on-field folks. Maybe that would love that. And uh, Patrick, you've jumped ahead beautifully to where I want this to go. Mm. Cahill's putting his suggestions out there. Twitter's obviously got all these suggestions. I think it's time we had our say. I think we can start to weigh in on ways that VAR can be improved. And not for nothing, I like to credit us with our out-of-the-box thinking. So I like the idea of the Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, either side. They're just yelling and screaming about what decisions should go which way to the ref. Mm -hmm. Here's another idea. What if VAR had a shot clock? And if they don't make a decision in 24 seconds, possession gets turned back over to the ref on the field. And he makes the final call. How, how does he make the final call? Based on his own calls or is he forced to go to the, the monitor? Uh, well, they'll never go to the monitor no matter what. So I guess it's just he gets to stick with his on-field call. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's, the, that's, that's one of the things people are struggling with. VAR is meant to overturn clear and obvious errors, and if you got to spend that long looking at it, um, it's not a clear and obvious error. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a little unsettling that they've only used the monitor uh, to send off Arsenal players this year. It's been used twice, uh, both <laughs> to send off Arsenal players. But it seems to really get to, to the source of the problem really quickly. Uh, I'm forgetting who the match day official was uh, for who was it? Arsenal Lester, I believe. Um, he 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 we barely know it wasn't Kevin Friend, it. or we'd be all over it. No, no, he's kind of the. It's it's like the 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 knockoff Michael Oliver. I'm forgetting who it is, but it's it's the guy that kind of looks like if you put Michael Oliver in one of those penny shape shifting machines, and he just walks <laughs> yes, of over course. there. And he sees the he sees the tackle, clears day, right on and catches, send him off. And how long did that take? How difficult was that? He was seeing what everyone else was seeing. Why can't VAR get that right? And then, you know, maybe even in the same game, and then Chris certainly Kavanaugh. the next day you get you get the ex- similar similar types of instances that don't get looked at and then don't get overturned. It's just it's just a consistency issue. So clear and obvious for me works. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about, and to the point of making sure it's, you're acknowledging the clear and obvious nature of it, what about a mic'd up for the VAR refs? I, I thought yeah. about saying echoing throughout the stadium, but I'm dialing it back just for the broadcast. You hear exactly what VAR is saying. You know, you made the comparison of like, Emery never said why Oza wasn't in the lineup, and it just raged inside of you Arteta you know he comes in and he's like Ozo's not in a state to play for xyz reasons I feel like if we just heard the refs and what they're saying it'll either reveal the issues with the rule or help us with a little bit of empathy on really tough calls yeah Uh, they do that in cricket and in in rugby I believe as well you just whipped out a cricket rule yeah, I'll throw in some cricket every now and again. Not a rule, but they'll do a... Um, Sorry, a, a presentation aspect. Yeah, yeah. Look, I could get into um, any sport. It just... If any sort of competition, I could get behind it. I once watched six hours of Cornhole on ESPN and was enthralled the entire time. 
go on record to say Little League World Series, I think, is one of the top five sporting events every year. But <laughs> you've shown me your playlist. Right. And, and so it. I'm I'm cricket, I still don't really understand it. Um I just don't get what happens. Uh, so I usually turn it off within ten minutes. Rugby I understand, so I'll watch a full rugby mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. But in any case, in, in rugby when they're reviewing a play, you get to hear that audio and you then get to hear the referee either explaining to the captain or whoever he's given a card to or sending off. I don't know all the rugby rules. You get to hear the full explanation. And mm-hmm. maybe I would ha- I would have a different opinion if I had a vested interest and knew what I was listening to. But mm-hmm. it like helps me understand the game. Sure. And I think that it gives you an insight uh, into, into what's being said. And also, I think that provides some accountability. Because if you have these things put on the record and the... You, you can see who is saying what and how they're adjudicating certain things. And when they're clearly in the wrong, which you have to imagine somebody's in the wrong with a lack of consistency, you can start to point out where there's some inconsistencies between what people are giving as rulings and what's in the laws of the game. Without so I'm 100% in favor of that. Yeah. Um, I will just say the FA will never in a million years allow for that. Oh, no. No, not at all. It's too beneficial to the greater good of the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's it, it would have too positive of an impact too quickly. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, no. You got you gotta take things a little more slowly. And then um, we'd finally get to work know out what kinks. my dean sounds like. That's right. That is a carryover. Um I don't know what any ref sounds like for that matter. Um I do like the idea of one of them having to like, you know, you have to say like the buzzword or the safe word. Like if they are mic'd up, mic'd up, one of them has to say at one point. Now that is a clear and obvious error. In order for, for the, the decision effect. to be overturned, you, like you have to say it. And I, I think like it'll make that. people look a little bit of a mug. Just you know, Patrick, when you say anything out loud, it carries a little bit more gravitas than just thinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would love to. This hear is Mike not. Dean. This podcast is not a testament to that. <laughs> we could have it be like. Um, we can have it be like Maury. So it's like, Mike Dean, you, you are... did make a clear and obvious error. And then everyone goes nuts oh, and they overturn oh, the VR decision. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then versus did not. And then Mike Dean gets to parade around like the lunatic that he is. But no, they'll never do that. Out that's backstage. A, that's yeah. a good idea. I like that yeah. one. All right. Here's another one. Fan vote. And hear me out here. Oh, I know, I know, I know. There are a lot more like top six fans than lower league fans. You're gonna electoral college this? Okay, so if VAR, maybe this is a little blend of the shot clock. If VAR takes longer than 24 seconds to determine, it goes to ask the audience, uh, American Idol style, or or that other that other one. It goes ask the audience. And fans watching the game through some mediated forum will vote. And that is a point for fans, sorry, teams to rally fans to watch the game and promote, uh, raise the viewing of the game to, um, to, to affect the vote. Did you track that one? Yeah, I hate it. Uh, we're <laughs> talking about a simulated reality here where we're, you and me could impact uh, a game of football and one of the most competitive and Correct. profitable sporting leagues. Yeah. Correct. Not but on board but everyone has to promise they're being unbiased. I feel yeah, like that. I feel like that solves it. There's no chance. 
What's wrong with There's that? There's no chance. Just go <laughs> go to go to uh, the echo chamber that is any any live thread in Reddit. Mm-hmm. They get everything wrong and they all lose their damn minds. It's just it's just whatever whatever Lee Dixon feels like saying is gonna whip the votes. One I guess way the definition the of fan is fanatic. Yeah, right. Colin once it called me fun. out for being a closeted Chelsea fan for saying they were playing well. Well, James, um, is there something you'd like to reveal to everybody listening right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm going I'm to go ahead and tease it for next week. Mm. So, uh, James's big reveal next week. Tune in. Mm. All right, Carl's here's my last hour. one. Last one, then I promise we can move on. Unless you have any you'd like to toss into the mix. Um, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on Shark Tank right now. No, just for, for offsides, I'd like if they could just draw both lines every time. That'd be great. Draw lines? No, you you know how they draw um, the blue and red lines yeah. for for yeah yeah they don't do that when uh, it's an Arsenal decision they just draw one and guess so <laughs> I'd like if they just did both every time that would that's just all just both of them just you know, do just, the same thing yeah just, I remember uh, what was that what was that United goal where it just like was an offside by the angle that we had and people just moved on I think if yeah. If you there's, restart play quick there's enough, there's been a you few after the on. restart where they just don't. Yeah, do they have one TV? You know what, James? They've they've got two TVs there, and then what they're doing is they got one, and they're just playing Warzone. They're playing Warzone with it. the lads. They're I just getting. It. They're dropping in, and they're not paying attention. They're doing a most mm-hmm. wanted. If you're doing a most wanted and you have a VAR decision, you're just like, yeah, it's the same as what it was. And then yeah, you got you're, 30 you're, seconds you're on that focus. most wanted. You got a you got attack rover coming at you full speed like a charging warthog. It's a problem. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. All right, Patrick, here's my mm-hmm. last one. We talk about inconsistency in decisions. If one person is in control of VAR, inconsistency is a thing of the past. One referee for every game, one VAR ref. And I know you're going to be like, but James, some games get played at the same time. We talked about multiple TVs. I feel like not everything is a VAR moment. You should be able to do both. One referee. One referee. And you See, mold I would like that, for that referee, referee to have a yeah yeah. I would like for that referee to kind of be like a, a manager. So like VAR has a manager, and then he has his uh, assistant managers, and maybe he's he's the only one accountable. And if he gets fired because the results of the decision, the whole team's wiped out. But each one of them is maybe watching an individual game. But I love it. I Ooh. love it. There's no one. Okay, so the head ref appoints his team of refs. Right. And they can get so sacked. What's the yeah? So maybe yeah. Oh, but then final match week. Then you got to bring in some noobs, uh, and then it's it's all over the place. Yeah, you're right. It's got to be one. It's got to be one. And he's working a little overtime. He'll get paid a little extra mm-hmm. on match week 38 to do it all at once. He has yeah. a hold line. Um, yeah, I think with something like that, we'll need to have a little, a little buzzer. Maybe the on-field ref goes like, "Hey, I'm just checking my game out." But I do like that because it's accountability at, at the source of it. The real problem here, we joke about it, but the real problem is consistency and accountability. If you right. can bring in accountability, you can drive consistency. If you don't have accountability, mm. you're forcing no, no one to be consistent. You have no consequences for making incorrect decisions. It, there's there's no rules. And what's the point of having rules and then looking at the rules if you're not going to take seriously what the rules are? So anything that provides accountability, I will back 
without thought, without it further thought. <laughs> you, you can say I've got a five point plan, and you say point one's accountability. Bundle bundle two through five, point five is whatever you want. Negotiations. Point five over. is consistency. Just just get me there. Just get me yeah. from one to five, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I tracked every single word of that. Yeah. All right. Any last words on VAR before we take it, was it a to? Big, uh, it was a big talking point, mm-hmm. but this one's this one's for all. I think that United haters are coming out of the woodworks a little more now that United's good. So I want to make you answer. What was the appropriate call to be made on the play in which Bruno earned a penalty against West Ham or Aston Villa, whichever team it was? You want to make yeah, their me, You want to make similar. me give my point on that? I want you just to say what the correct call was. You're in the VAR room. We don't have time no, for no, this. No, no, okay, okay. The Let's back it up. What's, Let's back it up. What's the call? Referee on the field should never have given it. It was not a penalty in a clear and obvious manner. VAR is there to overturn clear and obvious issues. So I don't put it on VAR because I don't. I think there was some dubiousness in there. Hmm. It's a great non-answer. What are you talking about? The referee on the field should not have given it. Well, I'm asking your VAR decision. Yeah, my VAR decision, I'm not overturning it because it's not clear and obvious. Laughable. It's laughable, James. Now, on. on the other Next hand, segment. if we talk Wolves-Everton, where the player did a similar move, uh, that one I would call back. Mm. It, yeah. That makes sense, though. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. There was... Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll... It's actually for one of my late, later... Um, Oh, you're going to sit on this? I have two Freak of the Weeks, James, and I'm excited. Oh, you got a double Freak. It's a double Freak. It's a a classic Pilkington friendo. (laughs) It's a two-for-one Freak sale. Okay, (laughs) here's my next one, Patrick. And Mm. I'm going to segue into it by letting you give a little bit of a talk on the North London Derby. Just happened. Uh, So this is called Mourinho's Journey to Respect. And what you're going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a couple Mourinho anecdotes because Prem Del Prem fans, we're so sorry we left you in the lurch for a couple weeks while Mourinho was an absolute heater. Mourinho's been putting chips into the center of the table with his mouth that he can't cash, and he's been saying some of the funniest things, like top, top-notch Mourinho. So I'm going to say what these are, and you're going to say, you're going to tell me, on a, on a scale of negative three to three, negative Respects. three being, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you full-on okay. disrespect. Three being, that's that's three respects. Three. One, two, three. Understood. Understood? We've done this before. Okay, so, let's start it off here. In the hype, in the lead-up to the North London Derby, which is like, you're really struggling for ways to hype it up at this point, so... Arsenal's trying to stoke the fire. Uh, their social media account took shots at Spurs by commenting or adding them after uh, Spurs lost at Sheffield United. Arsenal says, it's not eating. It's not easy beating Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Roast. <laughs> Mourinho fires back by saying, you only enjoy the problems of others when you are also in trouble. They don't have much to celebrate. They have, they have to get every opportunity to do it. What are you giving Mourinho's candor there? Um, I'm giving that a negative one respect Ooh. because while he is Ooh. while he is right, he's getting 
he's getting riled up by the social media guy. You've got to look at... <laughs> he's not getting riled up by Arteta. He's not getting riled up by Wenger. He's getting... Like, he's he's Trump scrolling through Twitter in this thing. Like, he's looking for this. Like, he's 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 losing his damn mind I'm sure it now. was brought to his attention. I'm sure the reporter mm. teed it up. Let's be clear. Or you're sure. Okay. Or maybe well, he was um, in his DMs. But I think you also, you also have to look at that Arsenal social manager and be like, really? I mean... There's like 30 posts a day from every team, and like most of them are just about Henri Perez or, and, and Burkamp. You know, <laughs> remember so, these guys? That was fun. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's the it's the social media guys' job. I mean, every time we lose, it's not like it's just like we're on to the next. It's it's all positive, right? There's not they're not going to be overly negative with anything they do on social media, and you know, having a laugh at Spurs who. You know, misery loves company. So why why not why not take your take your shots right there? You know, I'm sure their social media manager got an absolute mm-hmm. you know neck ringing for not having a laugh mm-hmm. after we lost to Brighton. He missed an opportunity there, and it's true. Arsenal it were first to opportunity. it. Yeah. So you know, I think that there's a little bit of you know we're not all the way put together professionally. That's coming out in that Mourinho statement. Was he ever all the way put together? I feel like oh, Mourinho yeah. is just constantly searching. For his other, his other connective pieces to make him a whole person. I mean, we laugh, but the dude won the Champions League with Porto. That's true. I was also in middle school. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's still that great today, or that he responds to that type of player, but uh, he's 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 been around the media. Mm-hmm. So he he knows how to handle the media. He knows mm-hmm. how to handle pressure big moments i don't really know what's going on at spurs Mm -hmm. um it's just a weird situation over there to be quite frank i don't really know what to make of that team or what he's doing with that team or how their summer's going to turn out um you know had the north london derby gone a different way we were due for a big spiral but didn't happen right yeah no i I do i do want to use this moment to kind of hone in on that and um I don't know what kind of new revelations you can have about the Arsenal squad. You know, when I was watching it, I, I thought about, you talked about your back line in, in, in good form. And I, in sincerity, in sincerity, this is not me having a go. I think about, and I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, when Rojo and Phil Jones were our center back pairing and in good form. And we were like, are we doing this? Are we riding this out? Because you just know, ultimately, the true colors of these players are going to show, and and maybe not in the most opportune times. I don't know if you had that sense of like false security, or if you were starting to kind of believe in the Mustafi, David Luiz, Kalazanac back three, um, or I guess your thoughts on that game in particular, and something I might be missing. Um, no. To answer your question, no, I did not ever fully believe in that in that back line. I think that we're it's a it's a patchwork job, and I, I think Arteta's doing a pretty good job, you know, considering that he's also has to not only has to deal with this, you know, this this group of players who just quite frankly aren't good enough for the ambitions mm-hmm. Arsenal supposedly mm-hmm. have. Uh, he's got a cultural experiment on his hand. He's got to put um, a stamp on the team, not just tactically but mentality wise. He's got a multifaceted job, and so if he's got to put people who aren't one hundred, they're 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 not 
um, you know, they're, they're not the quality, but they're giving him what he needs, and he wants to establish his culture before he wants to establish, you know, a center back that can pass a ball twenty yards without without issue. Uh, then I'm I support that, and I and again I told you many many times like I'm not I'm 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 not here for a short term experiment. I think this is a long long process. I think that. Uh, you know, should Arsenal miss out on Europe, which is looking more and more likely? You know, I, I wonder what that does for uh, the progress of the team. But the game specifically, it was, I thought Arsenal were set out to do a job, and then the mistake took the wind out of their sails. That's what it seemed they like. They were looking pretty and, impressive, too, riding out the momentum. Uh, I, I, they were they were a little sloppy, I thought. But, I mean, there's there's always nerves a bit in a, in, in a, in a derby, whether or not there's fans or not. Uh, I think they're still going to deal with some of that nervous energy and you have mistake prone players and it is what I it think is. they showed positive intent. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. It just, I, I felt that the Arsenal goal came out. It, I, I just think it was a, a bad game of football, to be honest with you. I, I don't think Spurs were fantastic. I don't think Ar- I thought Arsenal was pretty poor, but both teams were pretty, um, pretty much out of ideas going forward. The game was very open which allowed for opportunities to happen. I don't think either team was clinical. Both Kane and, and Aubameyang mm. missed chances you have to think they take on another day. Mm. I just thought it was a bad game. It was a weird game. Oh, it's game. funny. That's uh, funny. It, you might have the insider yeah. perspective because I think I would argue, and I would think a lot of neutrals agree, uh, the first half was was very watchable and very entertaining. And maybe that was from, like you said, two sides playing an open game and prone to mistakes. But I think those mistakes happen because there is intent in moving forward there, and I, I think yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you there. There was it was, but I think what it, Arsenal had been successful in more recently uh, was a slower pace. At that pace, with the squad that they have, they will make mistakes throughout a game. It's just right. going to happen. Right. And I don't Thinking think about like Wolves, enough. where the game kind of was slow and you grinded it out, but it was a great... Right. And I really enjoyed that game. You as a neutral did not, but it was a type of an Arsenal team sure. that not used to seeing. An Arsenal team that sets out, uh, you know, really to do a job and does it really, really Defends well. well uh, yeah. A similar game from this season was the, um, the Manchester Derby, where United played, I think, one of the best defensive team games uh, of football I've seen in a long time. Talking all 11 men playing strong behind the ball, snuffing out. It was it was so yeah. it was it was beautiful to watch. Some psychotic uh, clearances by Lindelof. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that comes with the territory. You probably wish he had one more of those than than he had today. Mm. Um, yeah, there but, it is. Yeah, no, I got I mean, misery loves company, James. So I'll I'll take my shots when I have to. I refuse to be in your company. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're the same. I'm socially distant from you. So I was going mentally. through this because there's the the sense of elitism is creeping back into United fans, and I don't like it, mm. uh, just due to this this current form. Uh, and somebody somebody was telling me, I mean, I know Arsenal is no good, but somebody was telling me that that, that maybe some maybe I'm just taking things personally. I'm reading on Reddit now, but in any case, there's something about Arsenal being just not on United's level. And I went to the tape since Ferguson left. United have only finished ahead of Arsenal wow. in one season. Oh which yeah, is crazy to think about. Oh yeah, no, Patrick. I remember very clearly, as long as we've been kind of like watching the Premier League together, like we end up looking up at Arsenal most of the time, and I just still have a go based on like tradition of the club United is and tradition of yeah what Arsenal is. I don't have a go based on table standings. 
<laughs> yeah, and now that you actually have table standings, it's upsetting. Oh, because by there's the way. some more merit to yeah, there's there some is, more merit there to is. the banter. But you obviously know, we haven't earned our we haven't earned our stripes back yet. The redemption arc has not come full circle. It's close, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no, it, it was. I, look, you got. I just. Oh yeah, you go, you go. Yeah, all, all I was going to say was the the. This is this is part of that process for for Arsenal's, Arsenal's growth. I've loved what competition has done to the team. This is the best we've seen. Uh, Lacazette play all year. It's the best we've seen Bellerin play mm-hmm. all year. People that now don't. Bellerin did have a good game. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's starting to look, you know, more more dangerous going forward. I think he's a lot better in that in a in a five than he is in a four. Yeah, uh, in in, in the Less back line, it really allows him to use his pace and make the mistakes that he likes to make when he's dribbling. Uh, but he he can, yeah, he's him, him and Tierney on the wings has been has been fun to watch the two of them. Uh, but the, yeah, there's I think there's a lot of positive things, and part of the other harsh parts was Aubameyang gone. Who knows? Lacazette gone. Who knows? Uh, we got all these guys on wages. Legend has it, uh, you know, Mohamed El- Elneny might actually be coming back. Uh, the mm. savior that, that never was. Uh, Prince that was promised. Right. Uh, yeah, so I, mean, I think I'm, I'm... It's weird because that game and that loss made it very, very difficult now that Arsenal has uh, a game against Liverpool before likely needing to get six points and help to make Europe. It, it's, it was probably the nail in the coffin to... Arsenal finishing in a Europa League place this 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 season, mm-hmm. but I just it it feels fair, you know. It doesn't feel like we were. It feels like our own doing, and it feels like the consequences of of the way that the team was built under the final years of Wenger and not having a transition plan. And I feel like we're on the right track now, but you know we're we're yeah we're, we're I, far from it. Not to not to disparage the Europa League, but I feel like when there are clubs of the stature of Arsenal or Chelsea or United having an absolute stinker of a season and the barometer of success is, oh, are we going to make the Europa League? Are we not going to make the Europa League? I think whenever you're having that argument with yourself, that's not your biggest problem. No, 100%. What I view the Europa League as is an opportunity to get 8 to 12 more games for a bunch of players that probably wouldn't get those minutes elsewhere and I think that Arsenal really needs to figure out how good some of their academy graduates sure. are and that's yeah. those are big eight games to do that that is the consequence it's not we're not attracting a player because we make seventh place that's you know what I mean that's not no. that's not going to be you're a not going to keep a player for, based on Europa League football a hundred percent a hundred percent and I don't know what the financial consequences are it it's I, I I don't know what Arsenal's going to yeah. do. I feel like they're always going to make some noise in a summer transfer window, whether it's smart business or not. You'll that remains to be seen, but uh, I, I find it hard to believe they're just going to sit sit and not do anything this summer. So I'm I'm excited for, for what the future has. But yeah, they were not the better team on the day. I thought it was a fair result. Oh wow! All right, big of you. Well, yeah, let's let's bring it back to Spurs and Mourinho's journey to respect. Here is the next quote. Uh, when Mourinho was reacting to Eric Dyer's four-match ban for climbing into the stands, which was super delayed, by the way, that happened a long time ago, uh, he goes, I prefer no reaction. Which I, I just think is no a, reaction. That's just a baller statement. He's like, hey, can we get your reaction on Eric Dyer's thing? He goes, I prefer no reaction. Walks off. That's a three respect. That's three respects yeah. because I don't even, he just he just put my brain into a twister. I don't know what to make of that because I'm thinking 
is that a reaction? He's giving a reaction while saying he prefers no reaction. Is that even a reaction? Wow, that's deep. It's, it's, it's deep. quite a pa- it's quite a paradox, dude. If we if Arsenal had just won, we were we were right there for peak Mourinho. We had it. Was it you and I who were talking about like Mourinho had the look on the touchline of a guy who wanted to lose that game just so he could go yeah, off? Yeah, he yeah he wanted his yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen that meme of like uh, white people when they pass by strangers in the hallway and it's like the frown smile? Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, when you're like uncomfortably saying hi to someone you don't really know, Mourinho just went down a full row of the Arsenal bench doing the embarrassed, uncomfortable smile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. So this one's pretty well documented. Uh, about a week ago in... Uh, I'm blanking on the game. I think they ended up winning, too. But uh, it was a game where at halftime, Hugo Lloris and Son got in a bust-up and fought and actually, like, almost... To the extent that football players do, almost, like, through right. gloves. And... Uh, you know, Loris was having to go because Son wasn't tracking back. And something that was actually, looking at the tape, a pretty unfair ask. Or something to f- go fight someone about. And at the end of it all, Mourinho knew he was going to be asked about it. And he was just smiling from ear to ear. And the reporter says, what's your reaction on that? And he goes, I call it beautiful. <laughs> I've given that um, two respects. Two respects. It's not a, It's not so, so great that it der- deserves... Three, but I think that what we're seeing this year through several teams is the importance that culture has on a team's ability to achieve. I think that we've seen it come to full full fruition, you know, fruit bearing tree over at Anfield. I think we're seeing the starts of that, um, the very beginning of stuff like that at Arsenal and even uh, Everton, and we're seeing more polished versions. Uh, at places like Wolves and and United, there's 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 an identity to those teams, and there's identity to Mourinho's teams. That when he signed with Spurs, we we didn't we didn't see the the match right. We didn't see the Spurs identity and the Mourinho identity matching, but right. we knew one was going to have to give, and it was going to give in stupendous fashion. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I I applaud him for. I, and I'm sure Spurs fans like it a little bit too. Like somebody show that you care. You know, I, I know that uh, you know we like to have our goes at each other. But recently, Spurs and Arsenal have shared a lot of the same frustrations as fans with sure. their team not achieving what they thought they would. The fight just show Literally. right exactly yeah. exactly. Yeah, well said. I I concur with the two respects. All right, here's probably my personal favorite of the bunch. Uh, Mourinho obviously struggling with Spurs right now this season. Uh, barely in the top half of the table. When asked how long it would take Mourinho to quote-unquote succeed at Spurs, he said, how long did it take Jurgen Klopp? Now, here's some context for you. It took Jurgen Klopp four years. Mourinho has never managed a team more than three years. (laughs) (laughs) That's gold. That's gold. I love that. Yeah, what are we giving that? Uh, Yeah, the quote was, how long did it take Jurgen Klopp? He knows damn well he's not going to be around. <laughs> yeah, that is a negative three respects. This guy does not give a shit. He just say it. He's going. He's going full heel before he even needs to. Like he's giving you the signs uh, of what's to come. I mean, I as an Arsenal fan, it's difficult to like the guy, but I do just. 
I do love to, I love to hate him. You know, I love to have him around. And and yeah, the I, pundit I totally just agree. wasn't quite it. You know, the pundit was great, but he's he's so much better on the touchline. Oh, without a doubt, he's he's a constant and secure presence in our lives. Actually, he's a very unstable presence in our lives. But yeah. you enjoy him when he's around, like an estranged uncle who's just back at the at the Christmas dinner. You know, it's like good to have you around. But um, this is really a harken back to like the namesake of the segment and our title credits, where I think the goat Mourinho was, I've won more championships alone than the other managers put together, and he had three, and the other had the others had two, and he had like three or four months left where he could make that statement, because Pep was about to win a trophy. Mm-hmm. He, he saw his opportunity, took it. He's incredible. Cannot beat it. All right, last one. Uh, So Spurs were laboring against Bournemouth, a game rife with VAR issues. He brought on the frozen-out Tengi and Dombele at halftime to try and change it up. And they obviously have their beef that's well-documented. And when asked about it by the reporter on why he brought on Tengi and Dombele, Mourinho said this, I had kids on the bench, and I had Tangi. I felt he had the most talent to bring the team forward, at the same level as the team that was playing at that moment. Not better, not worse. (laughs) Imagine hearing that about yourself. Jesus. Especially with the game that they were playing against Bournemouth. He was on the dude, same is... level as the team that was playing on the field at that at that time. Dude, this is another minus three respects. This is just <laughs> That's man management, baby. That's not man management. That's forcing a transfer. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at least oh he didn't goodness. at least he didn't put on the kids and he recognized that like he was the best player to probably sub on. Yeah, but he the way that he was saying it, oh my gosh. The guy, he's the special one for a reason. Yeah. Well, that was good. I, it, it's not often we get a deluge of quotes like this in quick succession, and I, I took this opportunity with the segment. Thank you for entertaining me. Yeah, I mean, uh, a Mourinho segment is... It's, it, it always Never delivers. Never skip over those. Always delivers. All right. Well, Patrick, I want to hear the double freak. The two-headed monster. Okay. I'm ready for your freak of the week. Um, so my first freak is financial fair play. Uh, <laughs> what even are you? I uh, don't know what you're here to do. You don't, don't even know, go here. Don't know. And, and let me just say this. I have no idea if City is actually guilty of... I don't even know what they've been accused of doing, to be honest with you. I just know that I hear City was guilty of financial fair play and violations. Like, yeah, I'm probably. like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That was the extent of my research. Um, it, it, yeah. So if you're figuring it out now, um, it's a little late. But yeah, that's the type of podcast you're listening to. And <laughs> so they must have been. We guilty. feel things in our bones. They hired. Yeah, they hired. Uh, City did the the Brexit lawyer. Yep. And yep. just a little extra salt bay on that one. This guy just went to town. And James, I told you before it happened. I guaranteed it. You did. Guaranteed it was going to get overturned. It's just too predictable. And it's 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 just so brazen. It's out in the open. And I have to think that, you know, this if these are the real consequences, 
for breaking the rules. I'm not, again, I don't know how they broke the rules, how they're accused of being able to break the rules, uh, but I'm just going to assume that it means. Oh, yeah, talk about precedent. Yeah, talk about precedent. Without consequence. Yeah. PSG is like, okay, just going to keep on doing what we're doing. Yeah, and this coincides with a transfer window where financial fair play is being waived. Waived. Mm. And cities in the Champions League are chasing Liverpool. Mm. Did they you do any splash. research into why it was being waived? No, I did not. <laughs> well, I didn't know. How, I didn't know the. I didn't know the reason to begin with. Yeah. So I was just like, "What's the? Yeah. What's the verdict?" So, so here's my gripe with that, and why I was so surprised you were gonna die on your hill of it's getting overturned no matter what. Which props, you know, props where it's due for that. You you, you had mm-hmm. me there. I. It wasn't like they were accused of something. And then we're like, went to trial and got it overturned. The headlines were like, Man City is found guilty of this thing. And it's like, it's a fact. Like, they are guilty of this. And then you really got to mount up this, like, argument to, to prove it false. It's like the opposite of how what how trial works here in the U.S. It's, it's like, not innocent until proven guilty. It's like, you're guilty, and then you pay the judge, and then you get to walk out. It's it's not so dissimilar from some other things we've been seeing, but it's frustrating, um, you know. And and again, I'll I'll I'll, I'll make the point. Like I, I I can't, you know. How do you really hold this against? I mean, who's who's really the culpable party? You know, I can't really get mad at you know city fans for celebrating this. You know, I can't get mad. You can't at, get mad at them for buying the sickest lawyers to come in and take care of it either. I think you can get mad at. Um, FIFA for not having a sack. Yeah, that's that's what that's what is it is. FIFA the, the most is corrupt it, organization aside from the Somalian government, perhaps. In I the world? Uh, I don't know enough about Somalian politics to answer that question intelligently. But as far as like being so brazen about your corruption, FIFA has to be up there. And the, the thing is, there's a giant spotlight on FIFA. They've already been accused of corruption, and they just, and and you know, Set Blatter was, I mean, it was proven that Russia and Qatar were bought with bribes. Mm-hmm. So, it but like what? Nothing's going to change. It's just like you know, the, the, you, you just switch the people that are making the, you know, making Patrick, the decisions. I think we the, can draw the, the through line. I think we can draw this this delicately woven through line right to Project Restart, where our dumb brain sat here and said, huh? Coronavirus looking pretty bad, but I do miss football. <laughs> it, it, right. Like that is it's, that is the argument, you know? It's like, oh, FIFA rigged another World Cup, but what am I going to watch this summer? <laughs> like you're right. going to take it. They're going to they're just going to pull the wool over our our dumb little faces and we're just going to eat it up mm. like a nice hot porridge on a winter's mm. morn. Mm. Uh-huh. Yep. All of that. <laughs> You ever eat wool, boy? <laughs> okay, well, here's my freak of the week. And I could have had two. I could have had three because Bournemouth versus Leicester was its own Ringling Brothers convention <laughs> trying to compete for the biggest freak of the week award. Uh, Chu is getting my silver medal for following in a, a ball into the net after they just conceded the, the go-behind goal. 
And Callum Wilson comes in to try and, you know, do the pick up the ball, run back to the center circle. So you don't you have none of it. Hacks Callum Wilson's legs down. Immediate red card. Acts surprised. The most egregious red I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and and just the, uh, the, the pleading his case was really the icing on the cake. But here's who gets my honorary official freak of the week. It's Casper Schmeichel. Because I feel like he's he's heard Prim de la Prem, and he knows my little bit leave it take of him getting the golden glove, and he's shirking away from the responsibility and kind of shoving it in my face. Because who mm. in their right mind drills a goal kick against your open defender and then just storms after Vardy and concedes a penalty like that? Or sorry, um, the Bournemouth striker. In the space from yeah. your from your own goal no, kick, 100%. from your own goal kick to conceding a penalty, having it scored on you was about four seconds of gameplay. Mm-hmm. So Casper Schmeichel, man up. That's yeah. That's somebody who doesn't want the Golden Glove. Um, wait, you want to get my uh, my second freak? Oh yeah! Wow, sorry. Um, so my second my second freak is going to be. Uh, Jamie Redknapp. So this, James, I think you're gonna really love. This was this is his 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 take on. Uh, are you're you're aware of the um, the not VAR reviewed incident between Vardy and Mustafi and the Encatcher Red in the Leicester Arsenal game? Yeah? Yes. Yes. So I'm not here to argue the case either way on the red cards. I just think what Redknapp said is com- comical. So asked about Encatcher's red card. Uh, he said he thinks Chris Cavanaugh got the decision right. This is a really difficult deci- dif- difficult one, this, for me, he added. He's not meant to do him. He's not meant to hurt him. I think he's got too much enthusiasm. He wants to make things happen. He's been told by his manager to go on and make a nuisance of himself and to go make challenges. What any referee would say or how he'd analyze it is that's excessive force, endangering the opponent. Feel really so- sorry for him, but by the letter of the law, I think he's made the right decision. So nothing really wrong about that um when asked about james jamie vardy's uh red card um he said this this is the only one where jamie vardy can tell if if he's meant to do him or not uh it looks really nasty they've obviously looked at it and thought he hasn't meant to do it when you play football you see legs you see bodies i don't think i've ever played with a player that really wanted to kick someone in the face when you're on the pitch doesn't really want really enter your mind i'd like to think he doesn't mean it oh Oh, this gets into some dark territory. <laughs> Just how good is that? It gets how good is dark. that? Yeah. I, I I think, you know, you're on air long enough, you say some things you really want back. I think we're a living testimony of that. 100%. <laughs> I think the most astute analysis there was, you're playing football, you see legs, you see bodies. <laughs> The thing for me is, you know, I, I I I didn't think the Vardy incident was a red in real time, uh, but just to 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 have the exact same take, mm-hmm. but think the decision should go a different way is an interesting way of um, looking at it. I did speaking of previous episodes, James, reminisce back to our first episode. Ooh. You asked me to pick like who was going to win um, the goalkeeping battle between Leno and Czech, and I said. Uh, a young Argentinian man, Emmy Martinez, has been impressing in training camp. And I just want to go and let the people know that Did while you I go may not back seem... to episode one, remembering you said this? 
No, I remember I, I was so I was so absolutely chuffed with myself when I said it, expecting Emmy Martinez to actually challenge for the first job that year. Uh, I thought I had absolutely nailed it, James. I really did. But what my point is, is I yeah, just what want is the, prem heads to, the prem heads to know that when I say something that might seem outlandish now, just give it two years and see what happens. Mm. We're almost on little bit leave it. And just a little bit leave it. The idea that... <laughs> This is great timing. Uh, the idea that Lukaku's off potentially winning the gold, Golden Boot in Italy is still a spin zone for the ages on your part. My uh, my takes are like fine wine. Just let them age and they'll come true in some capacity. And it might turn into white wine. Right. And it's not good because we don't refrigerate it here. Yeah. It's out in the garage and the AC is broken. Mm. Okay. Is your AC still broken? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, it's it's subconsciously on my mind because I am boiling in the studio right now. And in the studio, I'm talking mm. about the sweaty ramen bowl that I just finished and uh, no windows open for perfect sound. I guess it is kind of counterintuitive. Sure I closed the windows to, you know, make the sound of the pod better, but I was eating dinner. So I feel like Jamie well. Redknapp. Yeah, little little bit of a hypocrite there, are you, James? Mm-hmm. Um, but carry on. All right. A little bit leave it time. It's a little bit leave it. It's a little bit leave it, Patrick. It's a little bit leave it. And on this week's little bit leave it. It's a little bit leave it. I think it's look yourself in the mirror week. There's three games left for each team. We have three takes. One you've already left. One you have mm-hmm. already left behind. So I'm gonna give you props for that. But I think it's time we man up. Michael Jackson style, look at the man in the mirror and say, are these really going to happen? So mm. I'm, I'm ready gonna... to look myself in the mirror. Okay. All right. Find a mirror. Here are my three. Sheffield United to finish in the bottom half of the table. David Moyes to be fired before the end of the season. Casper Schmeichel to win the Golden Glove. Patrick, do you think I'm going to leave these behind? Um, I mean, I think you could still talk yourself into David Moyes getting fired, even if he doesn't get, I mean, they're only three points. Yeah, you, you're, you're not dropping Moyes. Let me say out loud the, the scenario that you're detailing. West Ham is three points clear of the drop zone with three games to go. You're telling me there's a world by match week 38 where David Moyes could not be the manager. I think that if <laughs> Bournemouth win, if Bournemouth win two games <laughs> by they bring in a new manager for the last, <laughs> they bring in a new manager for the final game to make sure West Ham stay up. I think it's possible. Yeah, I respect that. Thank you for trying to talk me into it. I'm out. I'm out on that one. It's it's dead on arrival. As you should be. As you should be. I was really banking on a blaze of glory. Uh, and as soon as West Ham beat Chelsea, that kind of U-turned his uh, his season. They also just stomped Norwich 4-0. Uh, so it's not going to be happening. David Moyes, you're going to be an October um, sack. So mm. enjoy your summer. Patrick. Do you think I'm going to leave behind Sheffield United to finish in the bottom half of the table? Considering it is, I guess it might not be mathematically impossible. Oh, it's possible. Uh, 
but Everton would have to erase a twenty-two, uh, a twenty-two goal gap in the goal differential standpoint um, to close that gap. So I think you should drop it. Sixteen goals. They're plus eleven and minus eleven. Sheffield United is five. You're looking at Wolves. Mm. Yep. Good call. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Damn, second fewest goals allowed, Sheffield United. Well, I love that team. Also, team. bottom half of the table is t- 10th is bottom half of the table, right? No. Ah. 11 through 20 is bottom half. Well then, my As decision the my decision 10. has effectively changed. I am leaving that one behind. Yeah, you need to. There's a 5-point gap between 10th and 11th. <laughs> this is not this is not a decision, James. This is math and science. Uh Casper Schmeichel Winning the Golden Glove. We, we, we belabored this point on Freak of the Week. Patrick, I'm leaving all my takes behind. You needed to. If you don't leave Casper behind, you are anticipating a clean sheet against United in the final match week. Uh, yeah, uh, my you thoughts just, exactly. You can't, I, I can't have you can't that, put that juju. I can't yeah. have that voodoo out there. I'm, yeah, a man, you- I'm a man without takes. I, I've a little bit leaved it across the board. Okay, well, James. Yeah. Um, Let me hear him. I don't need to. I don't need to leave Bournemouth getting relegated. That's still looking pretty good, even though they did get a good result. They basically the results of both Villa and Bournemouth makes the relegation battle like maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get it, especially since Watford and um, West Ham are playing each other. It so made the relegation could... battle still interesting for another week. Right. Right. We still have a little bit of hope. Um, so I'm going to leave, I'm, 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 that's still on the docket. No need to take that anywhere. Um, that's kind of a bullshit. That's kind of a bullshit take. I'm just, I mean, a bullshit take salty about that one. It wasn't spicy. He's the longest tenured premier league manager. So what? Spicy. Wait, what? Oh yeah. Not in the premier league. Wait, are you saying Eddie Howe gets fired or what? Bournemouth goes down. I'm saying that Eddie Howe has been with Bournemouth more than any other manager has been with their club. So he's kind of like... Uh, so what? So that means he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. You get fired if you're not, not good. good. It, yeah, so if he's good, then it's a little upsetting that he would go down. Okay, whatever. It was a lame take. Okay, sorry. I'm getting dubs left and right over here. <laughs> Speaking of my second one, not going anywhere. Um, I think Danny Ings is going to get three consecutive braces... Finish on 25 goals, uh, which will tie We're really him. going about this in two different ways, huh? <laughs> which will tie him uh, <laughs> with Jamie Vardy for Golden Boot. And I don't know how that plays out. Uh, I think previously they'd given multiple Golden Boots, so I would count that as a win for me. Um, and I'm actually going to throw in a third one since I'm feeling so good, James. So you've, you're, you're, lo- you're adding a new one. Yeah, and this one's, a, this one's a long way out. This one is one that is designed... This one's for the slow cooker, James. We're putting this one on low and letting it simmer. My new take for a little bit, leave it. And it's a little bit, leave it. And I think that you will think this is a hot take, is that before his original contract is up, Nicola Pepe will be a unanimous first team selection into the t- team of the season for the Premier League. This is one of your classic takes before his contract mean? is up. So, like, That's what three if he more just- years? He's going to renew... What if there, there's a contract extension? No, I said original contract. So I'm saying in the next three years. Okay. 
Maybe you phrase it as such. The tape will show that I did not perjure myself. No, you didn't perjure yourself, but you're leaving little loophole breadcrumbs to, like, still have an active take somewhere in the, in the crockpot. Hey, look, don't, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> okay, Nicola Pepe, the player who I just watched against Spurs, that, that Pepe, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be in the Premier League team of the season within the next three years. Correct. Okay, that'll be fun. Is that take spicy enough for you? Yeah, it's spicy. But I think, like, I gotta write this down somewhere. Or else I'll never get to say I told you so. No, that's not the, that's not the point. Um, you're, cause you're gonna be wrong on this one. I will, I'll remind you constantly. Uh, it'll be undeniable. Okay. You will, well, you will not forget it. I'll Pr- tell you tr- what, Pat. Trust me. I am not, I have not been as confident about a long term take as I am about this one. That's in disgusting. a long time. It's pretty gross. I've not been as confident about a long term Arsenal take. Since I said that Mohamed El Nani would be uh, the second best midfielder in Arsenal history behind Patrick Fierro. Not been that confident since then. You know, you can just leave it at that being a joke. And I think we'd let it go. The more you say it, the more I'm like, I'm, I'm digging into that one a little bit. It was just, it was, it was a matter of timing, James. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's just, things just don't work out based on timing. Wrong place, wrong time. The one that got away. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, this little bit leave it for me. It's a little bit leave it. Me was a big coming of age experience. I really grew, I blossomed into a man. You have shirked back into your cocoon with some pretty disgusting, uh, just denial of fault. No, I knew when to cut bait on my poor take, got got the hell out of Dodge, and here I am with three great new takes. Okay, well, I'll see you I'm next keeping week. three great next takes Next week, Patrick, I'm going to have a take that's short-term, before the end of the season, and it's going to knock your socks off. I'll give you a short-term take. I don't think De Bruyne breaks the assist record. He's on 18, three games to play. Mm-hmm. He would need 21. All right. I don't think he does it. That's like a 50-50 goes either way. Then I'll take my win or say he's great if I lose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good spot. All right. Let's move it along. You're done now. Folks, we are talking those creatures that really liven up a stadium, whether it's Arsenal or Watford. We're talking the mascots, the Premier League mascots. Some better known than others, but I think... There's some interesting things to be said about these particular creatures. Patrick. James, I would be so bad at this. Do you, do you so have three written down? Yeah, but I didn't I don't I don't even know the objective here. So I just wrote down three <laughs> yeah. things. For the record so. for all the fans. You're done now is a loose segment at best. And I just I our prep for this, I send Patrick a text that just says mascots. You're done now. And that's it. Now we're here. Now yeah, we're so in this. Know. Now we're in this moment together. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, usually I go first. Why don't you start us off? That'll at least let me know where you're coming from, and and that'll help me order my three. Okay, you're gonna love this one. Wolves mascot Wolfie the Wolf is the most original mascot in the league. Yeah, because they're from Wolverhampton. They're not from Wolves. It is actually very very. Clever. Quick maths. Uh, I guess that's a quick maths. Yeah, I didn't even give a reason, though. 
No. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got quick maps, but like, what did you say? But at what cost? Mm-hmm. You want me to go again? I, you know what? <laughs> no, I don't want to go again, but I, I'm just going to remember that in the future. I'd rather get you done now really going. I was thinking too much about quick maps in that scenario. I, I just, I need to, yeah, I need you were to holding back out into for, the game. You were holding out for a result and got a late corner kick scored I, on I you. just Mourinho to that segment. Mm. I parked the bus mm. and got my quick maps and got out. If we weren't up against the gun from an editing standpoint, I'd tell you to put in a Mourinho soundbite there. Do with that what you okay. will. Do with that what you will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So I don't really know how to order these. So I'm just going to go in the order that I wrote them. Uh, you could tell me after the fact which ones were hard and which ones were easy. Okay. Um, my first one is Harry the Hornet and Troy Deeney are the same person. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Do you ever see them in the same room? No. Um, I don't think you ever see them in the same plane. You got them. It's a good answer. I'm sure it's probably pretty easily disproven by one picture of them together. But we'll we'll we will put um, the burden of proof on on the listener. Show me the picture, um, and I'll tell you that's not the Hornet. Yeah, it's the uh, the deep state. They can alter any image, any video. Oh, save yeah, it for the conspiracy pot. Uh, James, I just keep getting mixed up. Okay, next one. All right, this one you should be able to just smack right out of the park. Gunnar Soros is the most intimidating mascot in the league. The same reason Barney is the most intimidating character on TV. Dinosaurs are scary as hell. They're extinct for a reason because they are too... That wasn't even a through-line argument. What do you mean? I talked about dinosaurs. No, you started with intimidating, (laughs) then you turned it to too good for the planet. Yeah, I mean... I, I, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Wasn't my best. It's I looked so at a picture hard. of Gunnosaurus with his ball cap and his baggy shorts. And his I'll tell you, we went stomach. to the when we went to the game. When we went to the game a couple years ago, Katie was obsessed with Gunnosaurus. How could, could you not, not be? believe? How could she you not couldn't be? believe? But she was like, I thought they're the Gunners, like the cannons. And I'm like, Yeah, it's a Gunnosaurus. He's the dinosaur. That represents Arsenal. What the, don't the you cannons. get here? <laughs> yeah. We can't uh, have a cannon walking around as our mascot. Uh, um, all right. This one you might have some fun with. Moonchester and Moonbeam are not actually City fans. Hmm. I think you see a long trail back to London when you get to their cars because they love Chelsea. Really want that one back. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to go a United route. I thought that was a bit of a a toss-up into the plastics, but fair enough. You bottled it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, not talking, we're not talking plastics. We're talking bottles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your last one? Moonchester and Moonbeam. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Some off. Some of these names are just insane. <laughs> At least we were reading from the same source material. It could have gone. I learned... I learned like 17 of the mascots from this yeah, source material. Yeah. Remember Krusty the Pie from Wigan? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Burnley's Birdie B should feel aggrieved for getting sent off by the referee in a match for giving him a pair of glasses. 
Um, look, that's that's just being a good Burnley fan. If you're not taking the piss with the referee, uh, I'm not even. You're done, though. Done. Uh, yeah, that was. I'm 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 hoping for you done now on that one. <laughs> just Could cut not it land off. That plan. Uh, uh. All right, this one's this one might. Oh, be... Oh, there's um, one more. Damn. Okay. Yeah, this one might be a bit mean. Um, but at least I'm not the one that has to defend it. Okay. Uh, Monty the Magpie is the best-looking Newcastle fan. <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, it's loosely based on Geordies. And what they don't have in teeth, they make up for uh, bacon sandwiches on game day. Oh, man. Uh, that was... Yeah, I ho- ho- hopefully our Newcastle fans out there can take that one in stride. Because I had a lot of fun listening to that. Monty the Magpie. He is a terrifying looking mascot, <laughs> by the way. Uh, I didn't get around to this one, but honorable mention, West Ham's mascot, I guess, is Hammerhead, which is a knockoff Transformer. It, yeah, it it looks like if um, somebody took an adult uh, Buzz Lightyear costume and tried to make it into a Transformer costume. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're just a disappointed kid on Halloween. The, the other kids are like, "Hey, what are you for Halloween?" And you're like, "I'm I'm I'm Hammerhead." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it sounds like something somebody made up. <laughs> I never right. knew that Liverpool had a fish as a mascot, though. You never see it. You never see it. That's another one for conspiracy pod. I had no idea either. His name's Mighty Red. Some of these are just weird. Yeah. Stamford Everton has a Bridget. virtual mascot. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. What? Stamford and Bridget? Oh, no, the virtual no. mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The virtual mascot's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't cool. heard that story yeah. Not Phil Jagielka, though. No, no. Contrary to popular belief, Everton's mascot is not Phil Jagielka. He is a professional footballer. <laughs> All right, should we move it along, wrap this up? we got two things to Please. get through. Goal of the week. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, I'm. Um, I guess he only scores bangers, but I'm giving it to my, my Monfrero, Alexandra Lacazette. Of course, for you the are. absolute thunderbolt. Of course, you are in the North London derby. Yeah, shame, um, shame, real shame. Maybe a bit of maybe a bit of bias in it, but what a strike that was! What a strike from the lad. Um, you know, I, I tried to look away from the North London derby because that's where all the eyes were. And you know where my eyes averted me to? Diogo Jota against Everton. You know, I said Ruben Neves Mm. was going to score a goal from half line. I never thought he could have assisted from the halfway line. It was a Rooney to Van Persie-esque connection. Pearl of a pass. And in his defense, nothing Jordan Pickford could have done about saving that. Uh, And nothing he could have really done in in the rest of that game. Even if he wanted to. Yeah, even if he wanted to. Um, I don't think Jordan Pickford... Could have saved it. It's been doing it all season. It was straight at him. But I, I still think there were just uh, <laughs> material changes abound in that shot that stopped him from being able to save it. Uh, it was a Jota, bro- the, fine the, finish. Fine finish. The control. The control off the chest while running full speed mm-hmm. over the shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. They got some talent. The Wolves. Wolves tossed yeah, fun- Everton like a ragdoll. Wolves is an interesting squad. You know, they're they're in year two of what they said was seven years to win the Premier League, and on their trajectory, 
with some shrewd investments and good you know, more money from the Champions mm-hmm. League, I'd say that yeah, seven years doesn't seem crazy. It did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a crazy thought anymore. Yeah, Fishburne's got him cooking. All right, Patrick. Let's wrap it up. Degenerate District. Uh, my match notes are reading kind of like a haiku. So I'm going to read mm. this to you right now. Just give you the lay of the land. Last time we spoke. Please. I have my eyes closed. Yeah. Locked Chelsea away to West Ham. Spicy was Liverpool to beat City. Palace to win versus Leicester. $8 left in Matt Morton's account. Well, James, I think that number would be higher if we're, we're, we're placing all my bets. It was not my best week uh, that week, I will say. Um, so Chelsea... That was a J.R. Smith-esque heat check. Yeah, Chelsea Chelsea had the... Well, it was Chelsea's heat check as well at the time against West Ham. They came out of the, uh, out of the break and into Project Restart like gangbusters. They looked fantastic, similarly to, to Wolves and United. And, and, you know, each of those teams has had a bit of a hiccup since. But, you know, I, I was not expecting that hiccup. Certainly not against West Ham. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a shocking result. Shock. Shock. I'm shocked. James, before Degenerate District, I actually did have a men of culture. Oh. It's very quick. Do it. Um, this is just a headline I read. It says, Antonio Conte reminds Christian Eriksen that he is no longer playing in England. Quote, when I pick a player, I don't look from the neck up. <laughs> I don't really know what he means by that. I think he's saying that the Premier League goes after attractive players. Is is that's what I'm taking away from that, but it's weird. So is he calling out I mean I don't look bought? at players from the neck up. I mean surely so he's, he's not just, talking about their intellect. Because that would be a you would want to look at that, right? So he must be talking about their appearance. Is he admitting to just objectifying male bodies? Is he is he calling? Yeah, if we're, if we're what's the Daily Mirror headline? Uh, Antonio Conte <laughs> oh, calls what a Romelu Lukaku a Shrek like ogre, you know, something like that, right? Pat, we've just dawned on a beautiful segment. What's that Daily Mirror what? headline? Well, I'll give you. A just an event that happened in in the Premier League, and you write me the Daily Mirror headline. Spin team, pin, spin zone. I love it. Yep. I love it. We'll yep. debut that one next week. Great. Okay. We'll teaser. Um, Jury's still out on that Conte quote. No idea. Yeah. No. We'll have to figure that one out over time. Uh, and maybe one day I'll read a whole article. Uh, so the degenerate district. We're getting back into it, James. I am locking uh, Sheffield United plus a half a goal at Leicester. That means the draw plays to Sheffield. Everything else would play to Leicester. Mm-hmm. Leicester's form's atrocious. They're going to be without Sayanchu. Uh, Sheffield is just nipping goals left and right against you know whoever they're playing right now. You know they started pretty poor, but they've got a nice little run of form here to close the season. I feel pretty good about this one. You feel it, you in. like it as a lock? I do. I do. I know it's a little. It's. <sighs> It's against it's against what you would expect out of a lock because it is a I'm locking a quote unquote lesser team versus a team that really needs a win. So it's there's there's a bit of a trap in this mm-hmm. bet. I see that mm-hmm. trap. I just think another thing that happened today. Okay. Brandon Rogers said that he 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 basically said something to, to the effect of you know like that we can't 
you know, Champions League isn't isn't all that this team is is about. Like we're far away from being a Champions League team. Like something to that effect. Basically, for me, setting the expectation like that to his players who are in horrible form, the stakes aren't like that high. Don't worry about it. Like it's it's all good if we don't make it. What yeah, I think is it's horrible. The smallest I think it's absolutely of horrible. all mindsets. Yeah, I think it's awful. Absolutely awful. He's basically saying, guys, 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 guys. If I had said fifth at the start of the season, what would you have said? That's what he's doing. And they were title contenders at Christmas. Dude, they were like, at Project Restart, they were like f- double digits points clear of United. And now they're neck and neck. Yeah. Where that final match week game is going to mean something. They have completely bottled this. And you have to look at Brandon Rodgers. And I do think that, you know, you... I think he's trying to manage you have to disappointment. Take the point into account. And yes, it feels like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I think he's already it's, trying it's, to manage a, a broken locker room. Not broken as far as like wanting him out, but broken as far as like spirit. Dejected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I just think it's a, I think it's a loser mentality. And I think Sheffield's one of those teams that you can't show up without you know you you need to bring everything to play Sheffield yeah. United. They require you to be at your best. They can definitely be beaten when you're at your best, but they require you to be that. Yeah. And I, I don't think Leicester are that right now. Okay. Uh, my spicy metaball of the week is Burnley is plus three seventy at home to Wolves. I know that Wolves are a, a better team here. Mm-hmm. Uh Burnley's been playing some decent football at home. They're you know it, it just feels like a, a a game that, like, Wolves, have Wolves really been blowing people out of the water? I mean, I know they did Everton, but even some of their games earlier in the year, uh, or earlier in Project Restart, they didn't quite pull around. Burnley's just off a draw against Liverpool, where I actually think that they played pretty well. So, I I think it's worth a flyer, James. I really do. I don't I don't expect you to like that one either. I don't. I like that one. one I like that one. You know, all things considered, and the odds are getting more than yeah. Leicester Sheffield. Yeah, it's 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 the meatball status there mm-hmm. that that you're that you're after. I am, Leicester Sheffield I am is live minus one twenty. So the way. I don't forget. By the way, I'm live betting these, and we are down to our last two dollars that I'm putting on the crock in this account. James, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm taking City 5-0 against Bournemouth. Whoa! It's plus 1,200. City's just been spanking teams. Bournemouth is a team that I think if they concede, it's going to pile on. I think they're going to they're going to they're going to kind of be like, "Oh, we're going against City. It's over. Let's pack it in and and hopefully try and get our points elsewhere." Okay, we so- need two wins. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So to be clear, I'm I'm lighting two dollars on fire. Wait, you don't think it's going to end five nothing? That was the exact score of their game they just had against Brighton. Dude, they've done it like four times this season. It. I know this has no bearing on likelihood of events taking place, but I just don't like the fact that they just had a five nil game. And they're going to go and do another one. Yeah, but then they're, they're just going to cycle in another out-of-this-world team. All right. We'll see. All right. You you're, you don't have to take you're that the back. Boss. You seem like you were resigned nope. to that fact, but nope, I'm it's, taking um, it. it's a crock for a reason, James. I thought we were criticizing crocs. I don't, I, don't, I don't criticize crocs. I think I'm just being a little, um, a little more cautious. overcritical because it is the last $2 in this account, to be clear. Understood. All right. Makes sense. The blood is on our hands. Not yours, not mine. Our hands. 
But it's also not his money, so I don't feel bad at all. Right. Unclear if he listens to the show. Don't even know who he is. I hope he listens. I don't either. And I hope that he believes more than you do in my picks. Hmm. Well, I do like the fact that he's in the uh, Fantasy Premier League, which is coming down to the wire with Will Jones and uh, Zen and Tonic in a battle. Heated, heated Am I way. out of um, contention? Yeah, you didn't make the screenshot of In the Hunt, which is cut off at me. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough, I suppose. I'm always in the hunt. Who's in last place? It's a great question. Great question. And we will tell you on next week's episode. Patrick, it's great to be back, man. You know, we took a little bit of time off 4th of July, reassessed our, you know, our bearings. For these last few games and we're hunkering down we'll see you guys in the run-in next week on prem to prem what's up prem heads make sure to find us on apple Podcasts at prem de la prem a premier league podcast and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews segments and hot takes that you can handle you can also find us on instagram for some fire content at prem de la prem podcast no spaces no punctuation just like life